So what Dorothy was just saying is there's another person in our church who's listening to God's call and going into some kind of service that's just crazy and nuts, right? And, and that is what God has called us to do. Now, you look around the room, and we're not a large number of people, right? We're crazy, but we're not a large number. Now, look with me around, and I, if I forget somebody, you remind me. Kamala Badana in Joplin training for a degree in justice to go out and help rescue and restore people. Or should be going to an inner city this summer to do an internship. These three going to Topeka, Topeka Rescue Mission, Restoring Hope, but it's not just Topeka. It's the whole Midwest, right? And here we have three people going to do that. Now, we also have somebody from this church who lives in Beijing and who's on a mission field in Beijing. And my daughter Kelly. And then my daughter Katie who does the millennial thing. She's learning linguistics so she can go to a place and help create a translation of a Bible for a group of deaf people. But where will she go to do that? I don't know. She doesn't know yet. It's crazy. Who knows what's going to happen? And then my younger daughter Emily and her husband Ethan, they're moving to Orlando next week, two weeks, to begin their training so they can go to Japan and be missionaries. And then there's you and what you're doing for the kingdom of heaven. Do you realize the role that you play in the kingdom of heaven? I am so grateful that people are willing to go to Beijing and Japan and Topeka and some other place and I am so willing for you who are willing to stay here and minister to people right here at home which is more important that's ridiculous there is no more important right where have you been called what have you been called to do and are you doing that call like Dennis said he, he kept feeling that pull and then he felt that push <laughs> yeah that's Jesus. He does that. He brings it to your mind and then he keeps bringing it to your mind. Now, maybe you don't have any interest or desire to help with human trafficking. That's awesome. Because there's at least a thousand other things you could be involved with. What are you called to? You like to bake? You know, you could bake something and take it to somebody and tell them you love them in the name of Jesus. You like to mow, you could mow some grass, scoop some snow, write some cards, say some prayers, go visit somebody, teach in kid zone or at after school program, or you could make lunches, you could serve at the Thanksgiving dinner, you could go walk some pets, you could do what? I don't know. It's limitless, unbounded, only by the gifting and calling that God has given you. And as we've been going through Galatians, I just wanted to come back to a couple of verses that we'd hit and say them again, Galatians 5, 13, and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. You have been set free. You understand that you used to be in shackles by all the things in your heart. 
that we read in Isaiah 61, the verse that was up there. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. You used to be one of those prisoners that were in bondage by the broken places in your heart. And Jesus is in the process of restoring that broken heart to set you free so that you can love. You've not been set free to indulge yourself and do whatever you want. Although, <clears throat> we serve a God who very much is into free will. Now sometimes God and I disagree about free will and I ask him to take it away. But he has so far declined to take that away from me and he gives me free will. That means that I am free to use my freedom to indulge my flesh. I can make that choice. I can also make a different choice to use my freedom to serve one another humbly in love. Now I know that you have lots of needs and there's lots of things in broken places in your life that you need continued restoration and you need God's resources to show up. I know. Me too. But the end of all this is not so just so that I have everything I need. The end is so that I have everything I need so that I can serve others. And I already have what I need to do that. Right? You lacking something? All right. You know there's stories in the Bible of a woman who was down to her last meal. She was going to cook it for herself and her son and then they were going to die. And Elijah came along and said, I'm hungry. And she said, well, we might as well feed him before we all die too. So she prepared that last meal and shared it with Elijah. And her jar never went empty after that. Right? So we think, I need this to survive. I have to have this. And we're wrong. We need to give this for others so that we can have life to the full. You have been blessed tremendously, financially and every other way. It's amazing how much you have so that you can choose to serve one another humbly in love. Can I help you with that? Do you need help with that? Can I help you? Serve humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now I don't know about you and what you think about that. I know there's a lot of ways to twist and turn that into something weird. But let me tell you this. When I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm tired, I sleep. When I'm sad, I do something to get happy. You know why? Because I love me. Don't you love you? You all look like you love each other. Love yourself today. By the way, I can see that you're cared for. Thank you for doing that. It's normal and right that you would care for yourself. I learned something really deep on an airplane one day. You put your oxygen mask on first. Then you turn and help somebody else put theirs on. Okay? 
Take care of yourself. Green pastures, still waters, restore my soul so that I can love. That's the why. It's not just the bodybuilder mentality, right? So look at me, look how good I look now that I've been restored. A fine antique sitting on a shelf. No, no, no. It's strictly utilitarian. We're being restored so we can be used. So that we can love your neighbor as yourself. Now I know, on the one hand, we don't see anything wrong and we stay in our own place and everything's fine. The other side of that is, oh no, there's more than I can do. There's way too much here. I can't do this. There's nothing I can do that will make a difference. True. You're just one person. One person with the love of God is enough to change the world. You can make a huge difference one person at a time. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. That's how we change the world. One person at a time. We love somebody as we love ourselves. Who do you love? The people you're with. If you're in Beijing, love the Beijingers. If you're in Louisville, love the people in Louisville. If you're in Highland, Hiawatha, Horton, wherever you may be, any given moment, love those people. They're your neighbors. Love them as yourself. Care for them. Not only looking to your own interests, but looking to the interests of others. The other verse I wanted to read was Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. As you love one another, it will appear at times that it's not working and that nothing's changing, that people don't change, that it won't work, it doesn't make any difference. All of those are lies. It makes a terrible difference. You want to know if you're being effective or not? How troubled is your life? Right, so Brad and Stephanie were coming today and um, they left the house and the truck wasn't running good. It died or something. And they had to call somebody to, st or, uh, to bring the van and come and get them and they got back to the house and then the van didn't run. And, and that's the way the enemy works. When you're getting ready for an important mission, I guarantee it's going to be hard to get there. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong it means something great's about to happen. So you keep fighting through those things. We keep going forward. Of course, it's going to be hard. It's opposed. So don't become weary in doing good. It matters. Just because you don't see the results, because you don't see the fruit, doesn't mean there isn't fruit. Lana and I play a little game when we drive to church. We start it in the spring. You can see the tire tracks in the field. Oh, they've planted. The next week we come and you say, oh, look, you can see green rows out there. The next week the corn's like this and then it's like this and then it's tasseled and then it's starting to turn brown and the corn, the ears are ready to drop and they come and harvest it. Week by week we see much growth. If you sit in the cornfield and watch the corn grow, you don't see a thing. Right? 
Week by week, it's like, oh my goodness, look what happened. But moment by moment, you don't see change. Okay, be wise. You don't see change moment by moment. Step back and look. What happened last week? What happened last month? What happened last year? Has there been growth and change? Absolutely. Praise God. Do not become weary in doing good. The proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, you have opportunity. The opportunity is there to help other people. It's there. The fields are white under harvest. It's time to pick. They're ready. There is opportunity everywhere you look. Open your eyes. Ask Jesus to show you. Now, it used to be a song my friend Jim Brown sang when he would come here. And it was something like, Oh Lord, please don't send me to Africa. I'm willing to follow you, but I don't want to go to Africa. All right. On one hand, we think, oh, great. If I say yes to Jesus, he's going to send me to Africa. And he might. But you know what I see Jesus does mostly? He puts the desire in your heart first. And then he takes you there. Right? So we have the idea that he's got us by the ear, making us go do something we don't want to do. And that's just not been the case for me. He makes me want it first. Now, the problem is I have the ability to shut that off. Back to that free will thing. No, I don't want to do it. I'm not going. Leave me alone. Don't bother me. I'm busy. Stop. So it's time to confess and repent. Yes, I do have time. Yes, I am willing. Yes, I have been blessed beyond measure. I've been blessed in all the spiritual realms of the heavens. I have more resources that I know what to do with. Here I am, send me. There's opportunities everywhere. What do you feel called to do? What do you want to serve? What do you want to be doing? Oh, but it would never work. Chances are that's exactly the right place. Because when you are weak, he is strong. When you don't know how in the world it's going to happen, God's all over that. That's the way he works. <clears throat> Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. You know, when I go to the city, I don't see it so much here in the country, but in the city, there'll be somebody walking on the street and they always come up to me and they ask me for money. In the past, I would say no sternly and walk away quickly because I knew those people were just going to blow it on drugs or alcohol or something stupid. And I wasn't going to be a part of it. And do you know Jesus has changed my heart completely? I've been spending some time in Seattle at some training things, and there's lots of homeless people around there. And I help one a day when I'm there, just because I can't help everybody. I don't have that much money. So I help one a day. And that's what I tell the rest of them. I already helped somebody today. Try me tomorrow. Now, last time I was there, there was a, a young dude, and he asked me for some money, and he had a great story about how he was trying. He just got out of the hospital, and he needed 
to ride the ferry to get to Vancouver. And it was a great story he gave me. So I gave him five or ten bucks or twenty, I forget what. I ate supper. Later that night, I was walking back to my room. And I saw that same guy. And he's leaning up against the corner of the building, and he's shaking and tweaking, and uh, he didn't go to Vancouver on my money. He bought drugs with my money. See, I shouldn't help anybody, right? Wrong. I helped him. I'll help him next time if I see him again. Because God more than makes up for that five or ten or twenty bucks I gave that guy. And when I gave it to him, I said, may God bless you. And I gave him the money. And I leave it to God to bless him. It's not up to me. So, here's my, the moral of the story. If you want to come to me and take something of mine and take advantage of me, come on, you're welcome. Go right ahead. It's okay. I'd rather be wronged. I would rather love you and be made a fool of than to have such a hard heart that I won't help you or won't help somebody else. You don't have to measure up and do what I think you should to get my rewards. That's not loving someone, right? Let us do good to all people. You don't serve me. You don't have to measure up to my degree of righteousness. You don't even have to believe in God or believe in Jesus for me to help you. Let us do good to all people especially to those who are the believers. But even those who aren't. Why not? Read Proverbs 31. Not the part about the good woman. The part of, in front about that says, let the drunkards have their beer. They need some relief. That'll make your head spin if you think about that. They need some relief. Okay. They need Jesus is what they need. And I'd rather have my heart soft and willing to love and taken advantage of than to be hard-hearted and turn away from people who need love. What are you going to do? Go back to God as the God of free will. You can help anybody you choose to and you can say no to anybody you choose to say no to. That's between you and God. But make sure it's between you and God. And not just you figuring out what you ought to do. So, the need is great. And I know we're just a little small place in the middle of a little small town, in the corner of a little small state, where nothing of significance could happen. It's almost like saying we're from Nazareth, isn't it? Where nothing good could come from Nazareth. Well, maybe we can change the world right here. We don't have deep pockets. We're not billionaires, millionaires, anything like that. But our Father is. Are we willing? Are we loving? Willing to risk? That's why Brad's point about be careful. I'll tell you what happens when you're careful. You sit on the couch, hunkered down, nothing happens so instead of telling you to be careful I'm going to tell you to do this be bold and courageous 
lean fully into Jesus. Will he take you to risky places? Oh, yeah. Places that you thought were risky, he'll take you there. But he'll be with you. Never leave you. What can man do to you? Think about this to the end. I, I, like, to, you know, I like to know what I'm doing and where I'm going here. The worst thing that could happen is not that I could get beat up and die. That'd be a blessing, wouldn't it? To live as Christ, to die is gain. Take me out. The worst case would be you beat me up and I don't die. That's the worst case. And that'd be terrible to be laying in bed around the house for six or seven weeks with nothing to do but pray and talk to God and worship, wouldn't it? I'll take some of that so that I could pray for those who misused me and abused me? Why not? Why not? Look at Paul. Shipwrecked, beaten, harassed by wild animals, bit by snakes, flogged. So what? Really, so what? Don't become weary in doing good. Because it will change the world and it will bring the glory of God into your life and into your community. And that's what the kingdom of heaven needs. It's you. Just the way you are. Just where God has brought you. That's what he needs. So look up. Look around. Are you happy with your life? One of the biggest changes you can make in your life to become happy with your life is to do something for somebody else. Especially somebody that can't repay you for what you've done. It will change your life. It'll change your focus. It'll change what your days are about. And that's what God's called us to. Love one another. Do good to all people. Jesus, oh Jesus, lead us. Continue. First, I confess. I've done my own thing and I've turned away from you and I have not listened to your calling or your pleading. And I've done my own thing. And I renounce that today. I stop that, Jesus. I surrender all to you. I am yours and yours for your kingdom. You've made me mighty and holy and a saint and given me all kinds of things. And I give all of that to you, Jesus, that you would use me in your kingdom. Open my eyes that I may see my neighbor and that I may love them the way you love them, Jesus. I have been set free to love them fully and completely without reservation. And I don't need paid back or validation from them. I need to love the way you love, Jesus. So I give you permission to continue to restore my broken heart, continue to set me free so that I can love my neighbor, so that I can do good to those that I see, so that I may bring your love, Jesus, to this world, that they may know you and know how you love them. It is the kindness of God that brings repentance. May we bring your kindness to this broken, lost, suffering world that eyes may be opened 
that hearts would be made alive and changed and that the glory of God would fill this place. And we pray it all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Have a song to finish with. Would you stand and sing with me?